0: Every show is a dose of inspiration. This is Success Profiles Radio. And now, here's your host, Brian K. Wright.
1: Hello and welcome to Success Profiles Radio. I'm your host, Brian K. Wright. It is an absolute pleasure to be with you here today. I'm really honored that you chose to spend part of your day with me here, and this is going to be an amazing show. I'll be introducing my guest shortly. I promise this will be a fun and informative hour. It will be terrific. I do want to take a minute or two to share some things I've been learning and thinking about lately, and I generally do this every single week. I had a really fun experience this weekend. A friend of mine invited me to a mastermind call, and I decided to hop on and join in. I believe in the power of the mastermind, as Napoleon Hill discusses in his book, Think and Grow Rich. If you haven't read that book, it's foundational. It's really amazing. I've been in some good masterminds, and I've been in some where I didn't have such a great experience, but I figured, what do I have to lose, right? The thing I really liked about this is there were 12 or 13 people on the call. Several of us got to take turns asking the group a question relating to our businesses, and the rest would just chime in to seek clarification, offer resources and advice, etc. There was no judgment. It was all in the spirit of helping, and everyone there was to give and not take. That's what made this such a great experience. And the absence of that attitude is what made some of my previous experiences not so great because they were there to take and not give. And the one I'm thinking of happened a long, long time ago, probably the first mastermind experience that I was ever in. And when you don't have a good experience, it makes you gun shy about wanting to try again. But I've had some good experiences along the way, and I decided, why not? I had nothing else to do. I figured I could probably learn something, and I certainly did. So here's the thing. If you want to level up your game, get around people who are like-minded, people who have succeeded at what you are trying to do, then be humble enough to learn from them. I promise it'll be very, very well worth your time. With all this in mind, I want to introduce my guest, and this week's guest is a returning guest. His name is Alan Dickey. Let me tell you about him. Alan Dickey is a dynamic speaker, sales trainer, and motivator who's been serving the automotive industry for over 15 years. During his career, he's developed an acute fascination with understanding and dissecting the sales process. Today, he performs as a sales trainer, speaker, and motivator, while also building winning sales teams with various clients. It's a new day in the automotive industry, and Alan Dickey is helping to usher it in, and it's about time. So, Alan, how are you today? I
2: am fantastic, and after an intro like that, I'm raring to go.
1: (laughs) Good, good. You should be. So, tell us how you got started. Where did your journey come from? What did you learn along the way? What did you overcome? Some lessons you learned were... Where did you come from and how did you get here now?
2: Wow. Um, that's a great question. You know, without getting, I mean, too deep into it, growing up, I, I've got a perception as far as, you know, life's concerned. This might sound a little crazy, but <clears throat> I've got a perception that the mass majority of people on the planet are brainwashed. And I'll explain to you what I mean. You know, from the time we're born, we're constantly given this message of, hey, man, we need to, you know, go to school, get good grades. In doing so, we'll get a degree, go to uh, college, you know, get a degree, have a, a good job, a nice house, white pick a fence, two and a half kids, and a dog, and uh, you know, we could pay that house off by the time we're 60, and if we're still alive, we could do crossword puzzles in the sun in the local newspaper until we die. Let's get started, and you know, going through these systems or what have you, um, it just it just was not working for me, and so. One of the things, as far as I was concerned, I, I didn't end up finishing high school, and it wasn't due to a lack of ability, more of an immense lack of interest for what they were teaching me. But with that being the case, a lot of people started to, you know, tell me how I was going to spend the rest of my life in a factory banging a hammer. And so, I guess I watched too many after-school movies growing up, you know, saying, "I think I can, I think I can," <laughs> and uh, that mixed with, uh, you know, the fact that ignorance is bliss. I uh, decided to get into a career of of selling automobiles. You know, the, the idea that there would be no ceiling to my income, I thought was awesome. And it took away this disempowering belief system that I would be limited as to, you know, what kind of a life I could create for myself. So that got me into the automotive industry. And the real short version is over a, a decade plus in it. I performed at all roles. Fell in love with selling, fell in love with the whole idea that, you know, anytime two people get together and one person's conviction outweighs the others, they start giving up on their beliefs and start buying into mine. And, and that to me was fascinating. So that uh, success translated into my business today where, you know, I'm a speaker, sales trainer, uh, team builder and motivator and uh, and I'm loving life, man. That's the short version.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So many people have such a negative view of the automotive industry. Did that factor into your decision at all?
2: Well, you, you want to know something? It's funny. I, I've, I have a video actually online and it's titled, uh, You, fill in the blank, you know, insert bad word, car guys are all the same. And what I speak to in that video is an experience I had with the very first customer I ever spoke to uh, on the on the sales floor. I literally had a customer say, "You bleeping car guys are all the same." And I'm Irish, Brian, and as an Irish twenty-one-year-old, um, you know, I, I had some hot blood, and I, I was going to respond to that in a negative fashion. Right. Instead. Yeah. When I shared this experience with my sales manager, he said to me, and this is when I first heard it, he said, this business does have a reputation that I'm oblivious to. He said, your goal is to go out and win that customer over, let him know you're a part of the difference, and uh, sell him a vehicle. So it became a game to me, and that's exactly what I did. And about three hours later, (laughs) I successfully uh, sold my first car. And so it was from that point I realized that, yeah, there is a, a reputation, but I wasn't interested in having anything to do with it. And so uh, I trailblazed a, an integritable way of going about selling automobiles.
1: Yeah, and, and I think having integrity certainly goes a long ways toward uh, being the exception in any industry that has that perception, wouldn't you think?
2: Oh, 100%. And and you want to know something, it's it's so important um, when a business has the reputation that it does, is it, you need to be as close to flawless as possible. And I'm, I, I, what I mean by that is, you know, you're under the microscope. You cannot forget to follow up one phone call or, or you know, leave one stone unturned when it comes to anything you promised your customers. You need to deliver 100% and 100% of the time. I, I love this saying that I share with uh, people that I train and teach now. I say to them, you can't be kind to of pregnant, right? You're pregnant right. or you're not. You're 100%, you're a professional, you're doing the job properly or you're not. And there's really no in-between because uh, in-between is failure. So, yeah, integrity is everything. And, and the great news is is uh, not only myself but uh, you know, the, the people I've worked with you know, has spawned a, a new generation of automotive sales representatives that do conduct themselves in this manner. And it's really starting to change the industry one salesperson at a time.
1: Yeah. So do all these people work for you in your dealership or do you train people in other dealerships too?
2: I go around and work with dealerships all over the country. Um, awesome. and, and the interesting thing is, you know, as it stated in that intro there, one of the aspects of my business is I'm a team builder. <clears throat> I have the ability to identify the character traits within an individual necessary to be successful. And, uh, they are the same character traits that I possess, and, and they're not unique. You know, uh, there's a lot of individuals, much, much like myself, who, who literally, you know, getting back to my earlier comment, have been stripped of their creativity, you know, through some of these systems that we have placed in our school systems and our society. So being able to identify them, take away this, you know, doom and gloom of, of the world's ending and you're in a factory the rest of your life, this nonsense, these falsehoods and uh, build up empowering individuals and showing them how to be successful by taking, you know, a disciplined set of actions on a consistent basis. um, It's really not that difficult. And it's an easy recipe that produces a lot of amazing results. And that's what my clients have come to enjoy.
1: That's great. So here's an unusual off the wall question. What's your favorite day of the week?
2: Monday, man.
1: I knew you'd say that. Tell us why.
2: TGIM, man. You know why? It's funny. People ask me uh, things like, hey, man, when are you going on vacation and stuff like this? I I don't, I don't believe in vacations, you know. Vacations to me are periods of time people look forward to to escape the realities. I, I tell people I haven't worked in almost 20 years. I live, and there's a difference. And so, you know, this is where I really focus around uh, uh, people pursuing their passions. One of the things <clears throat> when I meet new individuals looking to get into the automotive industry – I don't proclaim to to identify that they're born to sell cars the rest of their lives. What I do say to them is I'm going to teach you how to sell your products, your dreams, your ideas, your thoughts, your concepts to other human beings. Now, if you decide to become the best salesperson on the planet or own a dealership one day or you want to bring back the pet rock and sell pet rocks, I'll prepare you and equip you to do it. But one thing that can't be denied in order for you to create an amazing life for yourself on planet Earth you will need to possess the ability to sell your products, dreams, ideas, thoughts, and concepts to other human beings. And that's what I teach.
1: Absolutely. And a lot of people who are not business people don't enjoy the idea of selling. How how, how do you get someone to really embrace the idea that sales is really the way to, to get your money?
2: Well, I'll say this, Brian, to anybody who thinks they're not in sales, they're kidding themselves And when I say they're kidding themselves, what I mean by it is this. We have all been salespeople since birth. We've sold our parents on why our rooms uh, weren't clean when we said they were going to. We sold our teachers on why our assignments were being handed in late and we shouldn't be penalized for it. Uh, We've sold, you know, in my case, females on going on a date with me. In fact, I even sold one on marrying me. So... Whether you think you're a quote unquote salesperson or not, like you are. And once you mm-hmm. come to realize this is a fact, then you can start to say, hey, let me grow and develop this ability for my benefit.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And, and it's certainly true. Uh, you do, everyone does sell something, whether it's their ideas. Uh, whether it's uh, them, them, themselves, you know, to to a significant other, or or whatever the case happens to be. Sometimes, if you got a big dream and you got people around you who don't believe in it, sometimes you have to sell those people. But sometimes the art of the sale is not making the sale at all. Does that make sense?
2: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That comes down to that whole you know less is more idea, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I always say to people, and you'd love the, the analogy, I say there's two guys in a bar. One guy talks about how tough he is, and the other guy's quiet. Who's the tough guy? Right. Right? Sometimes sometimes when you got to talk about how great you are or your product is, sometimes you're overcompensating for stuff. So that's where less is more definitely comes into play.
1: Absolutely. We've got 30 seconds to our first break. My very special guest this week is Alan Dickey. He is a returning guest to the show, and we will talk more with him right after the break. We'll talk about the skill set needed to be successful at selling and persuading. We'll talk about his innovative ACE system, and we'll talk about uh, some of the greatest challenges people face when starting a business. We will come right back. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us. Don't go away. We will be right back.
0: is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles
3: Radio. Did you know you can quickly grow your business online and offline for free? Smartguy.com is one of the fastest growing business networks in the world Simply go to www.smartguy.com. Fill out your company information and you're set. So add your business for free and find out why everyone loves the smart guy. Smartguy.com.
0: This is the Tokenet Radio Network. Radio with a cutting edge.
1: You have trouble falling asleep and staying asleep. and we're back this is success profiles radio my very special guest this week is alan dickey returning to the show for a second time and before we continue i want to let you know where you can find me you can find me on twitter at mr brian k right you can find me on facebook i have a fan page success profiles radio please like the page uh you can also find me on linkedin you can also download and subscribe to success profiles radio for free on itunes leave a review that would be fantastic uh download and subscribe that would really help the ratings out a lot and i do appreciate everyone who does that it really makes a difference i also do have a book writing coaching program if you have been thinking about writing a book a nonfiction book and you've got a message you'd like to share with the world i'd love to have a discovery session with you you can email me brian at briankwright.com we can schedule an opportunity to talk and i'd love to talk to you about what you would like to do with your book so alan we are back and you did talk a little bit in the last segment about how you decided to get into sales, how you decided you want to start selling cars. What skill set do you think is the most important to succeed at sales?
2: Listening. <clears throat> I, say to, I, I say to people all the time, you, uh, uh, the ears close more deals than the tongue. Mm. You see, one of the one of the things I noticed growing up, you know, especially when I was uh, first entering in, into the business and, and really starting to pay attention to selling, is uh, the perception was it was all about you know talking, how much can you talk, how good of a talker are you, and especially with this paradigm shift that's occurred since the internet has come in, you know, this information age, um, a lot of that talking is not required because people are coming in already informed, and so. The ability to listen to your customers, the, the ability to listen to their you know, perceived challenges, as I like to describe them, and uh, provide them with solutions, that ultimately is what will uh, lead to closing deals and selling more product. I, I was in a dealership, it's funny you mention, I was doing a sales meeting and I started off – You know, I got everybody in a room and I'm like, what are you here to do today? You know, and the the one guy says, I'm here to sell cars. I'm like, "Okay, you sell cars. And I go around the room and there's like 25 uh, people in there and everyone says sell cars. And then as I have them all jacked up and I get to the last person who says sell cars, I look at them with a stone cold face and I said, that's your problem. I'm like, when you guys are showing up to work to sell cars, that's about you. When you show up to work to solve your customers' perceived challenges, that's about them giving inducers reciprocation. And if you solve those challenges, that is uh, what will lead to more sold units. And, and the look on their faces, it was like an epiphany. You know, a light bulb went off and it, and it made sense to them. And that, that's what today's sales representative needs to do. They need to listen more and, uh, and be prepared to, to solve the perceived challenges of their customers. They'll sell a lot more product.
1: Absolutely. Do you find that the Internet has made it easier for you to sell cars, or is it more difficult? Because not only are people informed, but they're also misinformed in many cases.
2: Well, I would say perception is reality to that one, Brian. It's kind of like the glass uh, half full. It's half full or it's half empty. You know, Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right, and, and the, the analogies go on. But um, I think the Internet is amazing. I think we have the ability to reach so many more people than you ever could with a one telephone call or a newspaper ad 25 years ago. And so I think what it is is it's about having a proactive approach <clears throat> with your marketing, with your online presence and marketing so that you can be the one to control the information that gets fed to your potential customers and uh, by doing so you can make sure that that information is accurate and with that accurate information customers come to make decisions a lot easier. You know, I say to people a lot, Brian, the key to selling a vehicle is, and this goes for any, well, especially in the car business, once you take away a customer's um, concern about being taken advantage of or making a poor decision, you've got a car deal. And how do we take that away? Human beings are afraid of what they don't know. Provide them with the knowledge and, you know, a complete understanding of the process, of the product, of the payments, everything that they're concerned about. And then anxiety levels drop and they're ready to make decisions and move on with their lives.
1: Yeah, that's that's really, really key because a lot of people in a sales situation, Mm -hmm. if they are the one trying to buy something, they don't want to. They don't want to feel taken, and that is a legitimate concern. And a really good salesperson will do whatever they can to alleviate that concern and remove that obstacle. It's about removing obstacles. It's not just about making the sale. It's about removing obstacles and chipping away at the uh, misconceptions, wouldn't you think?
2: You know what? Um, it's funny because as we're talking, these ideas just pop into my head. But you know, a great example, if you ever went uh, uh, to adopt a cat you know that was in a shelter, let's say, and you go in to look at the cat and they, they, the, the cat's all in the corner. It seems like it's not sociable. It doesn't want to come near you. It's not, you know, cute and warm and fuzzy. Well, you know, odds are that cat may have a history where its owner, you know, you know beat it or, or was very unpleasant with it. And it's going to take some time to, to reinstill a belief system in that cat that you are a good owner that's going to, you know, take care of, of, of the cat. And it's no different with customers. I mean – I. I'm 37 years old now. When I got started in the industry as a 20 year old, um, I, I had 40 and 50 year old customers who had experienced purchasing vehicles in the seventies. And some of the stories they would share with me were just laughable. Like I actually thought they were entertaining. Like they were trying to, trying to share jokes with me, but these were actual events that took place. So, you know, even now at the age I am, I still have, you know, 50, 60 year old uh, customers who were buying vehicles again, well before this information age. And, uh, You know, sometimes that that bad taste is still in their mouth about the experiences they've had. So once I'm understanding and empathetic as to why they show up saying, just give me your best price. And if you don't, I'm walking out of here and all this kind of abrasive approach, if you will. Once I understand and empathize with that, show them some understanding, show them a little bit of love and give them some time to come around and realize that it's going to be different today, you know, with me. Um, then they tend to come around and give you that second chance. And, uh, and not only can you win them over and sell them a vehicle, you more times than not can earn a customer for life.
1: And that's the important thing. You want to treat your customers so well that they'll want to come back because it's more expensive to get a new customer than it is to treat them right the first time and, hope, and, and you know, have a relationship with them where they'll want to come back.
2: You know, one of the biggest things I say to people all the time, <clears throat> and I'll use the example like this, you, Brian, could sell Alan Dickey and his services better than Alan Dickey could. Because human beings, when if they're going to listen to me tell them how great me and my products are, there is always going to be that natural skepticism in them. You know, every everyone is going to be saying, okay, of course you're saying that. But when you can have a third party validate and reinforce what they're hearing coming out of my mouth, when they can have Brian say... Oh, are you know are you looking to build a winning sales team? Are you looking to show, you know, your sales team how to efficiently and effectively conduct business in a 2016 marketplace? Then they're going to start to say, "Yeah, I want to do that. And how do I find this guy?" And all of a sudden Another beautiful thing that occurs is I'm no longer chasing anything I have inbound opportunities. I've got people who are putting their hands up in the air saying, "Hey Al, do you have a minute to discuss with me how you can help me?" And so that is always going to be an easier path to the sale you know than uh, chasing down cold traffic so yeah. the more the more raving fans you can create in your customers, the better off you uh, you will be because they will spread that word of mouth and uh, and it will lead to a lot more customers and a lot more easy selling processes.
1: Exactly. How do you create a memorable experience for your customers?
2: You got to be different, man. You got to like everybody. I, I love when you know what I love. One of the most uh, simplistic things I teach uh, sales representatives. I despise hearing uh, sales representatives see a customer come into the dealership and say, "Hey, can I help you?" It's like, can I help you? No, I'm on vacation and I thought I would come to a car dealership so I could look at a car and have a monkey like you jump on my back and try and sell me one. What do you mean, can I help you? Being a professional and creating these experiences, it starts right from jump. You know, it's been said, nobody will pay you for a first impression but you'll never get paid unless you make one. Well, how do you make one as a professional know exactly why your customers have shown up today? How can you create that perception? By greeting them properly. Good afternoon, sir. Welcome to ABC Motors. My name's Alan Dickey. What can I get you information on? Because that is why you're here. You know, and when you can do that and respect people's time, because in today's world, my gosh, time is scarce and it's very precious. And people are not looking to spend two and three hours at car dealerships. When you can be efficient with people's time, uh, knowledgeable about your product, providing them information and taking them through a selling process very smoothly and efficiently, that is one of the biggest ways you can have them walking out of there telling all their friends, hey, if you want to do business and have it done inside 60 minutes, Alan Dickey's the guy you need to talk to. And, and that's Absolutely. what I teach the sales reps I uh, uh, train
1: to do. That's awesome. Under 60 minutes, that's, that's a godsend because I can't tell you how many times I've been in a dealership for two, three hours or even longer. <laughs> and it, it's just ridiculous ridiculous it's just i i there have been times where i've just felt like walking out
2: and a you know a lot of customers feel that way and, and 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 that's the whole thing and so you think about the whole process if i do it with you properly i have you out of there in you know 60 75 minutes and you start telling your friends that when they call on me they're coming excited because they know they're not in for a marathon it's a sprint it's going to be efficient we're going to get the job done and you can get back to your lives mr and mrs customer
1: yeah, and I also love your mantra of attitude, conviction, and energy. Ace, it's ace. all we got. Ace. A couple minutes to the break.
2: Well, you know what? Ace is uh, just that attitude, conviction, and energy. I'm of the belief system that people don't buy products; people buy people. And uh, if you have, you know, those three things in place, I really and truly believe you can go anywhere. So, that's something I'm focused on. You know, I believe. When you liberate yourself from your own shadow, you subconsciously allow your customers to do the same. Many a times I would have a customer come in all grumpy and quiet and very short when I was trying to converse with them, but with the consistency of my ACE, my attitude, conviction and energy shining out there, within 5, 10, sometimes 15 minutes, all of a sudden I had a customer who was conducting themselves just like me because I made it okay to have fun and make this a cool experience.
1: Wow. That's fantastic. What do you think is the greatest challenge people face when starting a business?
2: Ah, oh, faith, mm. faith, faith steps on seeming void and finds the rock beneath. And anybody who feels that they can start a new business and it's going to be as simple as hanging a sign on the front of the store and just uh, uh, opening the doors and they're going to be a business owner and a successful one at that is kidding themselves. And so, you know, faith is huge and that's definitely something we can talk more about.
1: Absolutely. We've got about 30 seconds to our next break. I can't believe how quickly this is going. My very special guest this week is Alan Dickey. In the next segment, we will talk about generating leads and Alan is very creative at generating leads in his business. We'll talk about how building a business from scratch can be very difficult. We'll talk about making connections and the importance of creating value rather than relying on price to create a sale because I'll tell you what, a lot of people think that people will just buy for the lowest price. That's not always true. In fact, very often it's not true. We'll discuss all of this is so much more after the break. This is Success Profiles Radio. Please stay with us.
0: Is to motivate and inspire others to discover their unique talents and follow their dreams in life. This is Success Profiles Radio.
1: Looking for the perfect destination in Costa Rica, Panama, or Thailand? And we're back. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very, very special guest this week is Alan Dickey, uh, sales trainer extraordinaire. So we were talking about what some of the greatest challenges people face when starting a business, and you said faith has a lot to do with it. Was there something you wanted to add to that, Alan?
2: Yeah. You know what? It's tough. And it, it almost causes me to start stuttering because I get asked this so often. And, you know, When I, you know, faith is the answer that sums it up the most. But every time somebody is like, hey, man, how do I start a business? How do I, you know, create something on my own and and blah, blah, blah. They think it's some big, you know, secret or puzzle or Rubik's Cube, if you will. And the fact of the matter is this. um, You can guarantee success in your life. What you need to understand is it's not going to come easy. Life is funny. You cannot bluff life. You know, if you try to bluff life, life will bet you off of the table. But the second you let life know that you're committed and you're not going anywhere and that you would rather, you know, die than not experience what you deserve, you know, what you're trying to create in your life, then it's like at that moment, life opens up and says, "Okay, you're for real. We've been waiting for you. Come on inside. And this is something I personally experienced. Any other successful entrepreneur I ever speak to, you know, identifies with it. But you need to anticipate, you know, we're going to have some bumps in the road. And one of the biggest pieces of advice I remember hearing that I couldn't agree more with is it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And, and, you know, I look back at, at some of the real grinds that I went through early on and I'm still grinding now, by no means am I sitting up in an ivory tower, but, you know, I look back at them and I smile and I think, man, that was like, I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget how I created that opportunity. I'll never forget when I didn't know how my mortgage payment was coming together six years ago on that month. You know what I mean? And so, you know, know that it's about the journey, embrace the journey, and again, Anytime you're in an uncomfortable spot or a difficult situation, it's a test that is only going to help you grow and become stronger and and take you a step closer to the destiny that is your life.
1: That's fantastic. Let's talk about lead generation. You have some very creative and innovative ways to create leads in your business. Uh, That is the lifeblood of getting anything started when we're trying to do the thing that we want to do most in life, which is to... You know, make a difference. Have our business, make some money, and, and do the things that we want to do along the way. Talk about lead generation.
2: Well, you know, the the simplest thing. Obviously, I'm focused in the automotive industry here, but my rules my rules would apply to any industry. You know, I I have three laws. I shouldn't even call them rules; they're laws, and I live and die by them. And they are, you know, number one, where there's a will, there's a way. I know you've heard it before, but don't take it lightly. Number two. If you want to do something, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. It starts and ends right there. And number three, you are the problem and you are the solution. So with those laws being said, you just gotta figure it out. This turns into, you know, I always say to people, hashtag Nike, just do it, man, and you know, figure it out. So in the automotive industry, I started to say to myself, how am I going to create leads? And I, you know, I had to start figuring things out. And then, you know, I had some natural thought processes. One of the things that came to my mind was here I am, a new automotive sales representative. I'm sure there's people like me in other industries. I'm sure there's a new real estate guy, a new mortgage broker guy, a new contractor, a new massage therapist, a new travel agent. You get the idea. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, Well, what do we all have in common well our customers are all you know human beings with a pulse so you know i I know whenever somebody gets a new home they're putting a car in the driveway because i i see those customers you know and and i know whoever has a new home might need a fence and and there's the contractor guy showing up so with this understanding i thought to myself if i could put all of us in a room together and we could meet each other we could start referring business to one another and so what i ended up doing is i created a breakfast group And we met once a week for uh, 60 minutes, and we did it at uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning from 8 to 9 uh, a.m. before everyone started their day, and uh, I basically put 15 members into this group, no two the same, you know, from from the same industry. So naturally, I was the car guy, and we had all those other people that I just mentioned. Well, these groups started to produce about $15,000 in commissions to me uh, uh, per group annually, and so then the math was very simple to me. I thought, well, why don't I have breakfast five days a week? I mean, this, this uh, I need to eat to sustain life, right? Sure. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, <clears throat> pardon me, I was able to create uh, just shy of an $80,000 uh, income off of having breakfast and meeting new people. You see, I say to people all the time, Brian, um, you know, in dealerships, I say, how many millionaires are in the store? And the people look at me funny. And I say, seriously, how many millionaires? And they're like, well, the owner. And I'm like, correct. And then I say to them, what's the difference between the owner and you? And they look at me funny. And I said, you want to know what the difference is? The difference is is the owner has all of you working for him. And you've got nobody working for you. Yep. And so it was under that premise I thought to myself, how do I get people working for me? Well, again... I can't be selfish. This has to be about giving. I said it before, giving induces reciprocation. So I set these groups up, and with all of these different individuals, I sought out to give to them as much as I could. The very first meeting we had, uh, or the second meeting, I should say, I spent the previous week finding a lead for every member. And I got nothing in return, Brian. Nobody had a lead for me. But I created that and sure enough, after a couple of weeks, I had 15 people showing up and they had a name and a number for me to contact. And if you multiply that times five, I had a lot of leads and it allowed me to create enough opportunities to afford failure, which led to my success.
1: That is awesome. In fact, at the very beginning of the show, when I talked about masterminding and I said that there was a bad experience that I had early on, it was a breakfast group. And, uh, there was, uh, me who I was selling health insurance at the time. There was a life insurance guy. There was a travel agent and there was a a lady who she wasn't in real estate, but she was looking for referrals. She, she was sort of like, I'm not even really sure exactly what she did, but she was looking for people that she could refer to real estate agents. And I'm like, why can't I just go directly to the agent myself? I don't understand what your deal is here, but, uh, it, it only lasted like two or three weeks because no one was bringing leads for anybody. And there was one, the the the, the real estate lady uh, was there to take leads, but she wasn't really giving leads and it can really die. And so I really admire, I mean, you would be exactly the kind of person I would want in my breakfast group, Alan, because you are a giver. And that's how those groups succeed is if you are bringing leads to other people in the group, there will be reciprocation. And if you are not bringing leads to anybody, then... People are going to notice and they're going to think, well, I'm just not going to give that person any leads because they're not giving anything to me.
2: And now, so, so listen to what you've just tapped into here.
1: <clears throat> yes. This
2: is human beings. And human beings, a lot of them, 99% of the planet have a disease. And I call this disease instant gratification disease, okay? And, and so everybody is always, you know, selfishly, inwardly looking, saying, what's in it for me? What am I getting out of it? and i mean when you're talking about how do you successfully start businesses and just do anything in life it really all centers around giving you know you talk about giving leads and stuff i would give leads out for 10 15 weeks in a row and still not get anything, I would still show up in week 16 and, and, and have something for that person. I don't let other people's actions de- or determine Sorry, how I'm going to conduct myself because successful people have shared these principles with me and I know that if I adhere to them, I too am guaranteed success. The second thing is you think about that group and how it fell apart so quickly. Where's the faith, man? Everybody showed right. up and agreed that the concept made sense you know, in the beginning, but then here's what, what comes into play. I describe it like this, you know, losers point fingers, winners point thumbs. And yeah. what happened there and what happens all too often is everybody says, oh, well, it's not working because of everybody but me. And if you start looking at yourself, and this goes for new business owners as well, who might feel as though, hey, my business is struggling because of other factors. Remember my laws. You're the problem. You're the solution. If we all abide by these laws, everybody should be rocking out and being incredibly successful. But uh, a lot of people don't because they don't have faith in being consistent with them, Brian. And that's why they
1: struggle. That's exactly right. One of the things that you also do, Alan, is you do team building. So how do you advise people how to pick the right team to associate with to start with
2: Well uh, the way I specifically do it again it, you know it's a unique uh, gift that I have Brian but I would uh, <clears throat> I would hook up with an organization and I would need to uh, experience that organization you know from the top down because what I'm able to assess is cultures. And it's very important because one of the things that I do is I look for those things like I described, that attitude, that conviction, and that energy. You know, again, I could teach a monkey process, but I cannot teach an individual ace. You know, you tend to have it or you don't. And so once I've identified that with an individual, it goes a little bit deeper where I'm starting to identify the culture of a specific organization, whether it's a dealership, an insurance company, whatever the organization is so that I can mirror and match up these personalities. Now, once that's been accomplished, all that needs to be created is a disciplined set of actions for that individual to take on a consistent basis in order to guarantee their results. It is really not rocket science. But what happens is a lot of people don't know, number one, how to properly coach and lead and motivate people, and number two, they don't know what information to give them. When I got into the uh, car business, you know, somebody pointed a desk out in the corner and said, hey, there you go. And I'm like, okay, now what? They're like, sell a car. And I'm like, yeah, okay, how? They're like, figure it out, man. <laughs> that was my training. And man. so what I understand now is, you know, and what I create for organizations is just that. It's a disciplined set of actions to be taken on a consistent basis that can, be, that can guarantee results. And it, sw- it shifts. Every four to six weeks, you know, as the individual evolves with what we've asked them to do, so does what we ask them to do. That evolves, and we continue to develop, you know, sales representative. To give you an idea, an efficient sales representative in a in a dealership can represent anywhere, you know, between two hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars of revenue uh, to the store. So, you know, what are we investing? How much time, money, and energy are we investing to get that? You know two hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollar annual return, because if you really ask those questions and look at the investments being made in salespeople it 's laughable it 's laughable and that 's why a lot of them are not fruitful
1: yeah exactly exactly uh, we 've got maybe a minute and a half to our final break. Uh, we can carry the discussion of this next question over if you really want to but let 's talk about the value the, the importance of creating value rather than relying on price to create a sale because so many people are fixated on price and they think that's what ultimately sells
2: what did you have for lunch today
1: uh i brought my lunch today
2: okay so the last time you went out you know i'll use it like this i asked this in a uh, training session one time guy says i went to mcdonald's i'm like okay so you bought your combo it was eight bucks you you gave him ten dollars and you stuck your hand out took your change went on and ate he said yeah I said, when you go to a special restaurant for your anniversary with your wife, where do you go? He says, this nice steakhouse. I'm like, how much does that meal cost? He says, about $150 to $200. I'm like, okay. I'm like, why didn't you go to the steakhouse for lunch today? He's like, well, I only had 45 minutes and, you know, I'm, I'm not spending $200 to do that. And then I said, oh, so the value of taking your wife on your anniversary to that steakhouse is higher than the hundred and fifty dollars it's gonna cost. What happens when you create that experience and that value in that moment is far or worth far more than hundred and fifty dollars? He said, Yeah. I'm like, it's no different with your customers. Are you giving your customers a McDonald's happy meal experience or are you taking them to the steakhouse, pulling out their chair, you know, asking them, Can I get you another drink? Is your meal okay? How is the experience? Anytime value exceeds price, business gets done. And it's a failure to understand that that costs a lot of sales representatives commissions.
1: I love that. And we are coming up against our final break. This is Success Profiles Radio. My very special guest is Alan Dickey. We will be right back. Please stay with us. Don't go away.
3: news daily reported a story from career builder that gave some humorous examples of actual job interview blunders one boris norris candidate decided to take off his shoes during the interview probably not the best idea even if you don't have smelly feet or autobromidrosis another job applicant brought a how to interview book with him to the interview then he asked what company is this again and my favorite, the candidate who asked for a sip of the interviewer's coffee. That will cause a latte problems, and also it's a bit bumptious. And finally, one job applicant asked the interviewer if they could wrap it up quickly because he had another appointment. And a special thanks to our armed forces, men and women serving at home and abroad. It's Virginia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
1: And in the last segment, we concluded by talking about the importance of creating value for somebody rather than just relying upon price to make a sale. Alan, you set you set this up uh, by making a great connection to begin with. So I want to ask you, because you are pretty well connected, how do you connect with other people and what opportunities has this led to, to you?
2: Um, I'm always open and willing to talk shop and speak with anybody you know i don't pass judgment on people i don't care if you have one person in your circle or 10 million i believe uh core principles man sharpens man and steel sharpens steel so uh the more individuals that i'm exposing myself to creating relationships with uh you know creating a willingness to learn from the the better off i'm going to be and uh it's funny because you know all successful people, what I've come to find, Brian, all successful people, they they have a wing that they're looking to lift up for the right person to come under. Mm. And and so, you know, even when I was, you know, uh, uh, not known at all and I was just coming out into the marketplace and using things like social media to do so, um, anybody who would give me the time of day to chat with or get to know, I would invest that time. Sometimes it was invested poorly. But other times, uh, it, it was invested uh, wonderfully, and I did make some incredible connections. And so it's kind of like, you know, if you're trying to find a date, you're never going to find a date or the woman of your dreams sitting at home on your couch. You know what I mean? And right. so by, by getting out there, by, by you know, putting myself out there and exposing myself to new people and new potential opportunities, um, it's just really allowed uh, me to come across a lot of very interesting people and then... You know, uh, once you bring value to the marketplace, especially word gets around quickly, and it's no different than generating you know business in in the car sales, right? It's that word of yeah. mouth, and when people say, "Hey, you should start talking to this Alan Dickey guy; he's got some interesting thoughts and ideas," then the phone starts to ring, and the snowball effect occurs.
1: Yeah, and is that what led to you being able to speak at a convention at the end of this month?
2: You want to know something? I'm glad you brought that up. So, for your listeners. Um, I'm speaking at the National Automotive Dealers Association uh, convention in Las Vegas in, in March of 2016. And uh, this is a very big opportunity. And I'm incredibly excited to be taking a part, uh, uh, in, taking a part uh, in it. But you want to know something? I had a colleague of mine tell me five days before the submissions to speak were due. And he said to me, hey, man, did you submit a proposal for, for the convention? And I'm like, no, I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. He's like, come on, man, you got to do it. So here I am five days out, and I thought to myself, all right, why not? Because, again, faith. What are we talking about the entire show, right? A willingness to go for failure. I'm going to have faith and go for it. And so I put a proposal together less than five days out from it being due. I submitted it, and sure enough, I was selected. You know, I was one of a select group of people who were chosen to speak at this event. And this event is like the Super Bowl for um, for speakers and sales trainers and guys who do what I do. So it's an incredible opportunity. But there is nothing to logically justify that, you know, if I submit something, these people are going to be dying to have me. Of course, I'll be select. No, it was the exact opposite. But again, you know, ignorance is bliss. And I just said to myself, hey, let me put my best foot forward and I'll be comfortable with, uh, with the result. And in doing so, uh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking down there uh, at the end of the month. I'm incredibly excited. I've got a, uh, uh, a presentation titled Staff Solutions Lose the Band-Aid, Stitch the Wound where I'll be talking about getting away from some of the archaic methods that we utilize to identify uh, wonderful uh, uh, performers and salespeople in our industry. And so, uh, yeah, you know, a willingness to go for failure and put yourself out there is, uh, is what can deliver some incredible opportunities like I'm going to experience at the end of the month.
1: That's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Let me ask you an off-the-wall question, Alan. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? The scariest thing I've
2: ever done? My gosh, that's a good one. What is the scariest thing I've ever done? I mean, I, I, I would go as far back as to say, uh, you know, being 13 and asking a girl to the, to the dance. But, you know, outside of that, I think um, I think I've learned to not have fear. And so I don't have scary things. What I would say to you to answer that question is starting my business, starting my business. I, I started my business um, coming out of a very comfortable income selling automobiles. Uh, on the heels of signing the biggest mortgage I've ever had in my life. And my wife told me that we were pregnant. Well, she was oh. pregnant. I'm just trying to sound politically correct by saying we were pregnant. Sure. And, uh, anyhow, uh, doing that, there was a lot of pressure involved there. and But I just, you know, instead of viewing it as fear, I just figured to myself, you know, this, I'm capable. And why not? I do have a glass half full sort of attitude. And I just... Uh, I view butterflies, you know you know when you're scared of something, you get those butterflies in your stomach? I view that as a reminder that I'm alive, that I'm living. You know, if I'm yeah. if I'm not if I'm not a little scared as you put it, if I'm not experiencing those butterflies, I'm not alive, man, and that's not a life I'm interested in living. So I, I don't I don't really have fears. Anytime I experience what you would call fear and I get that butterfly feeling, I've learned to identify it as an incredible moment and, and I channel the energy to to my benefit.
1: That's fantastic. Who are some of your greatest mentors?
2: My greatest mentors. Do you want to know something? I get this asked a lot, and, and, and you'd laugh because a lot of people say to me, hey, man, you know, have you followed this person or that person? And I I haven't read a ton of books. You know, I listen to, to a lot of information, but uh, I always tell people it's the Bible, Brian. You know, Love when it. we're talking about wisdom, I say this to people all the time, knowledge is does not guarantee prosperity, for if it did, the guy at my school teaching me how to be a millionaire in the stock market, he wouldn't have showed up to school that day in a busted down car that needed a boost, right? He'd be out being a millionaire in the stock market. So what I've come to learn is knowledge applied translates into wisdom, and wisdom can and will guarantee prosperity. And do you want to know what book contains more wisdom than any other book? In fact, all of them combined on the planet, it's the Bible. And so that's where I spend my time, and that's, that's my mentor.
1: That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, Alan, if you had a chance to meet the 18-year-old version of yourself, what would you tell him?
2: Oh, my gosh. More like would I be able to refrain from punching him in the mouth.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
2: what would I tell him? I would tell him that life is not as long as you perceive it to be. I would tell him, take massive amounts of action now. You'll be thankful 10 years from now. One of the things, one of the things that I tell people I work with all the time is, you can learn what I've learned in, in 15 years, or you can be smart, listen to me and absorb what I teach you, and you can save 10 years of your life. You'll never get back. And I'm sure that sounds like a lot of... Uh, Uh, a lot of parents' conversations that they have with kids. But, you know, it's one of those things. Sometimes we need to learn things the hard way. I would just say, wise is is that 18-year-old that uh, listens to advice like I just shared and actually applies it.
1: Okay. That's fantastic. We are uh, coming up toward the end of the show. I have just two more questions to ask. Talk to us a little bit about how having a positive mindset has really served you best. In your career,
2: it takes the same amount of energy to assume failure as it does to assume success, Brian. So that being okay. said, why, why am I even going to focus on the negative or, or the failure? Well, what's the point? What's the point of that? You want to know something? The, there's no shortage of people on planet Earth telling you what can't be done. We don't need any more of them. We need more right. people who are saying why not. We need more okay. people who are saying I'm doing it. We need more people who are saying, I'm the guy that closes deals and creates amazing lives. You must be the other guy. And and that's that's the mantra I sort of get behind, you know? Why not? To everything, Brian, why not and just do it.
1: <laughs> Preach it. Yeah. That's lovely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, we've got probably close to 3 minutes until the end or so. I do want to ask you the the question that I ask everyone at the end of the show, and I know I asked you this last time, but perhaps your answer won't be the same. So I'll ask you anyway: Who inspires and motivates you? Jesus. Beautiful. I can't.
2: I, I can't say that enough. You want know, to know what's funny? Is, is is sometimes people, you know, <clears throat> when they ask me these questions, they look at me puzzled when I give those answers. But you know, I think about again some of the wisdom that I've learned in there. We're talking about giving induces reciprocation. Who do you think preaches the most about giving? We're talking about wisdom that's in that book. You know, we're talking about wisdom that says things like all hard work leads to a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty, you know. Uh, how many times should I forgive somebody? 777 times. You you just mentioned talking about the networking breakfast and how many times, you know, af- after what, three weeks, people gave up and started pointing fingers at each other instead of yeah. loving each other, understanding each other and saying, hey, I'm going to be the example. I'm going to dig deeper and give that much more in the name of making this work. So right. I could go on, but it, you know, it is literally all in there and anybody who's witnessed me and the fruits of my labor Uh, can testify to the fact that the wisdom in there can and will lead you to uh, prosperity.
1: That is awesome. I love that answer very, very much. How can we find out more about you?
2: You can find out everything you need to know about me at www.allandicke.com. That is spelled A-L-A-N-D-I-C-K-I-E. On there, you'll see a lot of great content, videos, blogs, information, as well as all the information for my services and my social media links are on there as well. I've uh, got a great following on Facebook. I've also got some, uh, pardon me, sales groups on Facebook. But again, you can always contact me through allandickey.com and uh, reach out. Let's connect. Let's chat. Again, man sharpens man, steel sharpens steel. I'm always looking to meet like-minded individuals who are looking to become great.
1: Yeah, and I'm in a couple of your groups on Facebook, and there's always value. Like-minded people, people interested in bettering themselves, people interested in sales. Your videos are amazing, and I watch them every chance I get. So I really appreciate that you were here today. Any final thoughts, any final words of wisdom for us today, Alan?
2: Yeah, the final thought is for everybody who's listening to this podcast, remember, the rearview mirror in your car is the size it is and your windshield is the size it is. And there's a reason for that. Nobody cares where you've been, but we care where you're going. Make a decision today that all of those things that you wanted to accomplish, all of those dreams and desires that you had for your life. Make a decision today to take the first step on the rest of your life and start creating these things. The only person holding you back is you. It is as simple as think it, do it, create it, the end. There's nobody special on this planet. We're all the same. The difference is our belief systems. Create empowering belief systems and you can have everything and anything you ever wanted or desired.
1: And there's not much more I can add to that. Thank you so much, Alan Dickey, for returning to the show. It was an honor and a privilege to have you back.
2: Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I look forward to doing it again soon.
1: All right. This has been Success Profiles Radio. Come join us again next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern, where I interview the most interesting and successful people in the world to learn how they succeeded, what they overcame, and the lessons we can all learn. Until then, have a wonderful week. Goodbye, everyone.